everybody. Welcome to our show. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. This is a podcast for and about the town we love. And now we're talking Darien. Hello and welcome. Today is January 27th and today we have Ben and Trudy Larrabee of Ben Larrabee Photography coming in. Uh, and this is a fine art portrait practice that well, if you've ever seen their work, it will take your breath away. The images they capture of children, parents, families, multi-generational moments. I mean, it's it's breathtaking. Um, and I, I'll admit, I was taken with them as a couple when I first met them. They were intriguing as people and as a couple. And so I look forward to talking to them about their life as well as their work. I agree, Taylor. It'll be a nice change to go into the art world here, especially after coming just from commercial real estate in, the yeah. last, in our last episode. Uh, before we do that with you guys, I want to tell you guys about Sipsters, fine wines, artisanal spirits, and craft brews. This is a liquor company in downtown Darien. They've been there for five years if you haven't noticed them yet. Tara and I really love these guys for a lot of reasons. They have a great approach to how they treat their customers. They know exactly what they sell, everything that's on their shelves. Um, they have a focus on smaller family-owned wines, distilleries, and breweries. Love all that. And then the owner himself, David Wagner, is a great guy. Yeah, he's so involved locally. I mean, he was on our podcast as uh, the vice chair of the Chamber of Commerce, so he's volunteering his time giving back to help local businesses. But he's also a member of the Thriving Youth Task Force to help our kids. And I know he's donated you know, wine and liquor to countless charities and nonprofits in town. I mean, he's always out there giving back and a part of this community, and I'm thrilled to promote him for that reason. I am too. And uh, back to what, what these guys offer, monthly wine club starts at $60, and it's delivered to your door. And this man can pick wine. I will attest to that. Right. Yes, yes. He brought it for us. Uh, they also have an online app called Sip- Sipster's Fine Wine. And if you use code 20 off 75 you receive $20 off any purchase of $75 or more online on the app only called Sipster's Fine Wine. And also, if you mention code NWT10 in stores for one time, you get 10% off your purchase in February. That is nice. Now let's open a bottle of that wine that he left for us and slow things down. And let's talk some art. I like it. Thanks. Ben and Trudy, thank you guys so much for coming tonight. Fun to be here. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll admit, I met you for the first time in person at a new members event for the Chamber of Commerce. And I was so excited. I was like starstruck. Like you guys are in my mind, like super famous in town. I've seen your work everywhere. And I'll admit, I was excited to do this podcast because it's so not me. Like (laughs) I am the numbers person, right? Like I'm analytical. I'm by the book straight kind of rigid. And I talk to you guys. I'm like, wow, I'm fascinated. You're very, very different and very cool. And I look forward to hearing about your work and how you guys operate. Something to live up to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, well, and you guys also adorned our room temporarily with some of your work. And it's going to be a hard podcast in that sense, right? Because describing some of this stuff. Yeah. But. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> well, I hope a lot of our listeners are very familiar with the work. I mean, I know that I think the first time I saw you was at the Darien Sport Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's all over the place. And recently I've seen you, I'll admit, what it, the, I got a mammogram and it, you did a whole series called Faces of Light of right. Breast Cancer Survivors. Right. Um, tell us some other places we would have seen your work locally. The cheese shop. Yes, that's right. Sipsters. Right. Right. I got that. Our sponsor tonight. Right? Uh, Club Pilates. Right. Dr. Peck. Dr. Oh, Peck. and then on the second floor of the Darren Library, there's a whole installation of 12 four-foot prints. It's beautiful. You're also in the MoMA and the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, correct? And the High Museum in Atlanta. And there you go. And the list keeps going. And Eastman House in Rochester. So you're clearly well-known across the country. 
Um, talk all, our, to all our clients who start here and move across the country. And take we, your work with them. And, and we do shoots with them wherever they go. You know, that's a good question there because a lot of, you know, photographers, especially upcoming photographers, are probably like, how do you achieve the level you guys have achieved? Is it clients in the beginning that have grown here that you've taken with you? Or, or tell really, us a story of how you started. It's really transcendental meditation and and getting the right vibe. Right. That's how you discovered you wanted to be a photographer, right? No, I discovered I wanted to be a photographer when I met Harry Callahan at Rhode Island School of Design. Oh. was a very inspiring teacher. So what year was that? To the point I I changed my major from graphic design to photography and spent a fifth year so I could study with him. Okay. Who paid for that fifth year? Just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. We counted pennies. Wow. But when was that? That was in 1966. Very cool. And now I've read an article that you guys shared with us about the transcendental meditation and what I thought it was when you decided to pursue photography instead of graphic design, but well, tell in, me. Well, in a way, it's connected. Uh, w- this was I, after I've been meditating for a while, and I was starting to photograph, but I had no focus, really, and it occurred to me one day that I could share the vision that comes from the meditation with the photography. I could share with my clients what I see, the vision that comes to me through the meditation. Can you give an example of that? Like, I'm ready to go deep with you here, but what, is, what, what does that mean? Does that, what, what vision are you having in your meditation? That then is, It's is, not so much a vision like I see things. Yeah. It's like being sensitive to a level of uh, activity or a level of awareness. Or in, in terms of clients, it's the love and connection. It's the spirit of the people. I'm photographing that. You've talked about photographing energy, right? Yeah, energy. So what does that look like? I mean, when you see your clients. Well, look at the look at those little boys there tussling around. All right, what are we what, that's got black and white photo Six, close up of sixteen by twenty. Of four boys, like ages like four to four boys. I'd say like four to fifth four to twelve years old. Yeah. And, okay. and we often show this photo they're all wearing something different. Patterns and stripes and colors and it's like there's no rule about what to wear or how to act it's having no preconception about what's supposed to happen and that's the way meditation starts to have no preconception about what's going to happen you go on a flow that's fascinating and that's the way a shoot is you go on a flow and the one thing we do when we arrive at the client's house is we turn to each other and we say we're going to show the love baby <laughs> you and you Trudy, and, Trudy. And, and, and me and Trudy, and and that sets the tone for the shoot. And in the shoot, I have no idea about what's going to happen. Sometimes people say, "Well, would you like to come meet the kids or see the family before the shoot?" No, no, thank you. Would you like to come see the house and see where? No, thank you. <laughs> when we get to the house, well, would you like to set up? I said. I, I, I've got to have my hands free, baby. <laughs> Trudy's, Trudy's <laughs> trying to get him to stop his hands right now. <laughs> but Ben, you're like, he's an artist, Trudy. He has to it's be free with energy, his hands. Guys. Just don't touch the wire. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. So do people think you're being rude here? You're like, no, I don't want to see it. Do they understand? The other, this the other thing is we ask people to come meet with us first so they see what we do because if they don't like what we do, then we don't do it. So it's got to be a magical place. They, they, they need to, to appreciate that. 
we're going to do it our way. And they're coming to us for what we do. Right. And then when we get to the front door, off people often say, well, come on in. Either that or we'll go get the kids. And we always say either, uh, well, thank you, but would you come out first? So we have them come out. Or we'll go get the kids. Uh, please don't go get the kids. We'll go find the kids. And in both cases, it breaks the pattern. There's a social convention that people come to your door, you invite them in. But but if I break the pattern, then I'm in charge. And from that point on, they do what I say. Trudy, you're going to say something about Well, I, I wanted to add to what Ben was saying earlier about the meditation. And I think that what you have is an ability to see something special in people and bring that out in your in your images. You have a sensitivity that comes from the meditation that allows you to go to this place where you can where you can photograph but then also in that final process of curating the collection of images into a into just like, you know, the nuggets. You can really see when two and two equals five. You can see where that emotion is, where that connection that people have with each other. That's beautifully put, baby. <laughs> so this is Trudy. And Trudy, let's talk about your role in the business and how you joined and what you do for this partnership. Uh, I haven't always worked with Ben. I've been working with Ben since 2003. I had a corporate job, which was good because I was able to support Ben when he first started photographing like this. Five, what were you doing? Five years earlier. Mm. Yeah. In 1990s, we were married. We've been married since 1990, and uh, not too long, a couple years into our marriage, Ben told me he wasn't the guy I married. He's decided he wanted to be a photographer full time. <laughs> and so, this is from chanting with a Tibetan Rinpoche in Chinatown. So this, we'll, we'll cover oh that later. And we had two oh. kids. We had Teddy was four or five, I think, and Kate was six years older. And what, what have been? What have you been doing for profession before this, Ben? Corporate identity consulting. Okay. Corporate yeah. man. Okay. Yeah. Making good money. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like, this is exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. You want to do what? <laughs> you yeah. want to photograph? Yeah, really. And this was, Ben had always, has always wanted to be a photographer, but didn't think he could make a living doing it. And as you said earlier, that's why, well, so you were doing graphic design. So, so chanting with the Rinpoche, it gets down to what's your purpose on the planet. And what is a Rinpoche? It's a holy man from Tibet. Okay. In Chinatown, New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, uh, well, but Trudy, you keep yeah. telling your story. I had so many questions uh -huh. right there. Okay. I, I, I didn't even know. I, was, I wouldn't sell it because I would go on a tangent for 10 minutes. just kind of hanging over. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let that go for now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, fortunately, I had I had the corporate job. I was um, in sales and marketing, so my my background is 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 people and and promotion, and so it was just a natural fit for Perfect me to join Ben. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and for a number of years, I wanted to work with Ben and help him out. He had a few people that were helping out, but you know, not like you know what I could do. Um, I wanted to include Trudy, so we reached out. We'd call her at her office and say. Trudy, what do you think of this? Or we'd fax something over. It was great. I was always involved. In the days on the weekends, I would be working on spreadsheets and organizing stuff. But beyond the, the office stuff, I mean, the first way you described yourself to me as a part of the business was as his muse. Were you his muse from the very beginning? Or did that start after you joined 
Well, Ben says he married me for two reasons. One is my legs, and the other is the Tokeny Club. <laughs> and, and that's the right order, too. And the Tokeny Club. An honest man. I like and that it. just showed you how superficial I am. That is hysterical. You do have good legs, Trudy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I've been, I've been Ben's subject for many years. Um, I think it, it really started uh, in 1997 uh, when you started to photograph me. Well, when you started to photograph you know, when I like, got really serious about photographing yeah. you, and that's when we started setting Wednesday aside for wellness time. Yeah, let's talk about and, wellness time. And that had a lot to do with photographing Trudy nude. And uh, Wednesdays couldn't start until I started working with Ben. So in 2003, I quit my corporate job and joined you in the practice. And then we although could, there was one condition. There was one condition, which was I needed to learn to do transcendental meditation. Oh, you hadn't done that. I had not done that. But you guys had been together for years. You had been practicing this for five, ten years at this point? Uh, Forty. For 40 now, you've been doing it. Where did you learn to do it? And can you explain what it is real fast? Well, now I'm going back to courses I've taken. And the the thing about the courses is that you go to Switzerland for three months and meditate. The entire hotel is taken over by meditators. You're totally immersed in the meditation. That was to learn how to teach meditation. And then a little later, a four-month course in Switzerland. And, and to learn to levitate. And it got to be very deep and very much a part of my life. So... That colors how I think about the photography. It, and for Trudy to also meditate so, so she can be in the same place. Was did your point. other employees have to do that as well? Or did you just no. demand that of your wife? <laughs> <laughs> My I, wife. And I, I haven't learned to levitate. Yeah, levitation is really a thing. <laughs> yes, it's that really a thing. People can actually do that. People can do it. You've seen people do it. I have. Holy cow. <laughs> and, it, and the other thing about Trudy joining the practice was uh, the approval of my accountant. Ah, yeah. Well, could we could we quit we my corporate this. job and then transition over? And um, he said yes. Wow, you guys, you had, you had gotten to a breaking point enough, Ben. Right. right. You know, right. it's interesting. Right. Most marriages though can't work together. Like you know, I, I love my husband; he's a great guy. But if we work together, boom! I don't know. Yeah, you're They're definitely just, doubling down. Yeah, like so. I, I, I have to what explain would ha- this. What would happen if, he, it, if things went boom? Boom. I think, I don't know. I'd probably be married to someone else. I'd, I'd still be working for him and married to someone else, I guess. Or, or maybe. Or would you say that it took your relationship to another level? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what we say. It felt like getting married all over again. Yeah, it did. Wow. Because we have this, this project. We have this, this, this baby, this, the photography practice that we both bring our skills to, that we love, that we're so passionate about. Yeah. We have to go on these adventures together. Yeah. And, and I love talking about the photography practice. I love yeah. talking. We call it a practice, not a business, because yeah. it's, we're in the, we do it because. We're in the practice to share the vision. Mm. And the money comes. And what do you explain? We're, we're not in a business to make money. Then it's a dead end. So this way we keep the flow going. We feel like we're giving our clients something so special, so makes me teary just to yeah. think about it you know well you sent us a quote that I, i'd be happy to read because it was from a family who had had you photograph their twin sons in 2008 and then they had them photographed again in 2021 and they said 
Is it okay if I read this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. When our boys were six years old, Ben captured a moment in our lives that gave us what we consider the iconic images of our family. 13 years later, as those same boys, now young men, prepared to head out into the world, we knew that another shoot with Ben was a chance to celebrate their growth and independence in a way that our family would cherish forever. There's no question in our minds that there will be future shoots with Ben that will immortalize other pivotal moments in the ever-changing life of our family, but this last one feels like a particularly special gift. Now we will never lose that precious time when we were so keenly aware of the gigantic and wonderful change that was coming to our family. Ben's photos provided bookends to our children's childhood. I love that term. Making it easier to let go because we knew now that it would never be lost. The boys are twins. One is head, headed off to the Marines and the other went to college in Chicago. Yeah. And the thought of bookending that that moment in time, which now, you know, as we're in it, Liz, like, mm-hmm. it does seem to go so fast. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Like, and also the, her ability to let go. Ugh. I love that. I love that yeah. she used that word, to let go, like, with peace and, and celebration. Yeah. And one of them is going to the Marines. Yeah. You know. Can we talk about your artwork and like <clears throat> get into the like, the logistics of it? I, it's actually, this is a terrible word to apply to artwork. But there's two things that I that I read about you guys. You provide healing images and you do a lot of stuff in black and white. So can you talk about what those two terms mean? Healing images? Yeah. And black and white? Mm-hmm. Why black and white images? Oh, why and what and it white. means when you talk about providing healing images to your clients? Yeah, well, uh, I grew up on black and white. And black and white has wonderful qualities. It, it abstracts the image, so you're not you're not held down by the color, and the tonal range and the the abstraction uh, allows me to be more creative. So, do you ever work in color, like at the client's My, request? I have, I've started doing some personal work in color, but I have done no. I've done one print for a client, one color print for a client, and. It had to be color because uh, this mom had a sculpture on the front hall of bathing caps from the 50s. And uh, it was a serious piece of sculpture. And uh, she had three boys and there were four bathing caps. And I thought, gee, it would look great if they would all wear these bathing caps. And I asked her about it. She said that she, she it was okay with her. So they all put bathing caps on. Including right? her. Including <laughs> her. And they were bright colors like pinks and greens and big daisies. And it was just hilarious. And that had to be color. Oh, that's so and cute. And it had to be a big print, a four-foot print in color. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the black and white, the idea of the black and white to me is like you really see more of the raw emotion when that element's taken out. Is that correct? That's right. It's easily to it's easy to be seduced by color, right? But not to um, if you often if you take the color away, Falls the image apart. doesn't really hold up in terms of composition or um, space or because these right. are all so so. One of the things to keep in mind is Ben is an artist and is trained as an artist and understands composition and rhythm and texture and how to create an image. And that's what he brings to his image making. And so these are all very formal qualities that oftentimes when you have a color image, you're just so like wowed by the color that you don't see any of that. Totally. Really, you know, heavily, highly educated in this and classically trained. Like, can you talk about your education and how that has informed what you do now? Right. There's another aspect which is related to the education, which is drawing. Years and years of drawing. So that uh, when I 
when I see a situation, I see the composition, I see the depth of field, I see the relationships in in terms of the the drawing. So it's like automatic. I hardly think about it anymore. Well, I was at a, a doctor's office with Trudy, a doctor's office with Trudy a, a few days ago, and I'm sitting there across from the paper towel dispenser, and I'm noticing the paper towels coming out on an angle, and it looks like a piece of sculpture. So I'm photographing it. <laughs> I have to show you. <laughs> I guess see what that looks like. It's on his Instagram account. <laughs> then only you can make a paper yeah. towel holder look good. Exactly. <laughs> it's really funky looking. And that's like a little microcosm of a shoot. I see things. I keep seeing things. You know, and it's like if I try to organize what the shoot is or how people are, then the spontaneity is lost. The energy is lost. It's it's no longer fresh and innocent. So it's all related to the drawing, among other things. Well, you talked about your ability to see things, and I know I've read about your, you know, your wellness approach and your your life balance and whatever, and use of marijuana. Is that a part of this? We don't. We're not stoned when we go on client shoots. No, no. no. So what do you, what do you use it for? Just I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. well, that, it's, it's it's great for sex. <laughs> I like that. There you go. <laughs> There's so many benefits to it. <laughs> it is, yeah. It, it's nice to relax in the evening. It's like, um, and maybe instead of a glass of wine, you have a puff. Right, right. Save the calories. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of goes into your guys' relationship, though. I feel like, like your photographer, I don't know where your photographer ends and your relationship begins. It's just like this, like to yeah, use your word, like flow, Ben. It keeps to flow in and out of each other. Um, and and you, you know, I still go back to the idea of the muse. Trudy, like, you know, when I first met you as well, you had, I said, you know, a role, and that was one of the descriptions you gave yourself as a muse. Can you somehow define that to us non-artists and how we wrap our heads around what that looks like? It, what it looks like is when I look at Trudy, often when I look at Trudy, I'm inspired to pick up my camera and photograph her. Wow. Uh, ben says he likes the way I just position myself just or the, things just, I do that, that he just naturally the, wants to photograph that. The way she moves, yeah. the way she sits, the way she picks things up at rest. Um, two days ago, I photographed Trudy cooking and the food she prepared. And it was this beautiful flow in the kitchen. And sometimes we're dancing in the kitchen or just coming over and hugging her in the kitchen. It's like just staying close or just appreciating Trudy, finding ways to continually uh, fuel the relationship or or keep things keep things moving in the relationship. It's too bad you have another photographer shooting you guys together. Yeah. You know, you miss those. You, you get her, but no one gets you and her together. You know, like... Right. True. Is, is it always... This, sorry. Sorry. Say, has it always just been the two of you guys? Is it always monogamous relationship? Is that yes. a weird question? You looked at me weird, Judy. Sorry. Is that a weird... I don't know. There was a period in the very beginning, and this was related to when Ben told me he wasn't the same guy I married. And I could not relate for a while to the spiritual path that Ben was pursuing. And it was a very strong, there was a rift in our relationship. And so we did go our separate ways for a little while. We, but there are separate ways you have to define Well, that, that probably isn't the right way to say it. Um, we were very clear with each other what we were doing. And we each had other relationships. Um, but we, we were we still together. We got clear. We not, not in the beginning, but we... We had to be brave and talk to each other about it. Wow. 
Is this the first marriage for both of you? My third. My second wife died of cancer. I'm sorry. Uh, And your first wife, you married her when you were still in RISD. She felt that she, she married me when she was 19. And after years of therapy, she said she married me too young. She didn't have enough experience, hadn't had enough experiences in the world and wanted to go do that. Wow. Sad at the moment, but look at the, the door that opened here yeah, for you yeah, guys. Yeah. I mean, that, bravery is a good word to use to describe like that journey. You know, a lot of couples are, you're scared to let go because you're scared like if someone walks and maybe they won't come back. But that's a cheesy term. You know, if you love something, let, let it free. It's so cheesy, but it's so true. It's really cool that you both had the vision to to let each other grow and and figure that out. Well, we did a lot of therapy. And, and one of the things that, that I realized, I think both of us, was that that the reason why we're in this relationship is because we have childhood wounds that you need to heal. And unless you heal them, then you're just going to go repeat the same mistake with the next person. That's the Imago Imago Theory with Harville Hendricks. Mirroring. And then we learn the, the technique of mirroring, which is the where each person has a certain amount of time to talk about what's on their mind and what what they're what they're concerned about or ten what their minutes. issues. Ten, ten minutes, ten we timed minutes. it, and then the person who's listening has to mirror back exactly what they heard, using the same language and the same uh, spirit, same attitude. And if you don't get it right, then you have to you know until you until your partner feel like, feels like you really heard them, and then. They have the chance to tell you what the problem is, and then you mirror back. And at the end of that, we find that that's all we needed. To be heard. To be heard. I think this interview is more about relationships than yeah, about I know, I know. <laughs> well, it makes me, I'm kind of wondering if you, when you see your clients, like I, I was curious in that story, if your clients are, if you're open to your personal, if you share with them, or if it's just one side, if you're just hearing from them, or if they also hear from you. And an extension of that question is, when you see clients, do you see deep or like, you know, do you see... Do you see conflict? Yeah, do you see conflict? I don't want to say conflict, but you also see the, you see the positives, obviously, hopefully, but do you see those rifts? I don't know if I would call them rifts, but we have been told by clients that they were having a fight before we showed up or, uh, or we can see, for instance, there's a mother and a father and two daughters and... Something's not right. I feel that the energy's not right. So I ask the daughter on the left to go switch with the daughter on the right. So she's, instead of standing next to her dad, she's going to stand next to her mom, and all of a sudden everything's good. Oh, wild. That's really, do you see that too, Trudy? What What we hear from clients is that it's so special to see Ben's, how Ben has captured their family. And we just had this uh, last week, a, a client who's also a friend of ours, sharing with us how emotional she felt looking at Ben's curation of the shoot and the selection of images that he came up with and how she just felt so tender towards her family and, and she just had this perspective on, on her life and her two boys and her new baby. And she was just filled with gratitude and emotion. Through my interpretation of her family, she could see them in a new way. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. 
That's that's what makes us feel. That's that's the and the and that's the healing also. Healing images that I asked about earlier, yeah. providing healing images. Can yeah. you describe what that is? They're just they, what Trudy said. We yeah. we we encourage our clients to hang the photos in places where they'll see them often because these are healing images that they reflect back the love that they don't always see the the the, the special moments the the tenderness that you know in the day to day gets glossed over and yeah. Yeah, your most beautiful work is definitely the most unexpected, right? This the the funny faces that you know you can almost imagine the conversation that's going on. Yeah, like that one of the little boy with like it looks like the grandfather and he's opening a door after he went. It's called yeah. skinny dipping or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. Uh-huh. it's exactly. so cute. Yeah, um, and t- tell us about the, the the works you guys have that are in MoMA. What was the other large Boston uh, in Boston? Or there's another one too, I think. The Fine Arts Museum in Boston and the George Eastman Museum. When I was studying photography, my professor, uh, Harry Callahan, uh, asked me to submit a print to a portfolio that went to the MoMA. And that's the image that's in the MoMA. And what is that image, if you would describe it to My first wife sleeping on a, on a bare mattress. Uh, she had come to Boston to be close to Providence, so I could see her more often. And... On a work study. So I was at, in RISD, at RISD and she was at Antioch College in Ohio. So that was the closest we could get together and still be students where we were students. And um, she had moved into a new apartment and we were both exhausted and there was no furniture and no, nothing. She just lay down on this mattress and fell asleep. And <laughs> I, I saw this and I photographed it. And Callahan thought it was a very special image, and um, so it went into the MoMA. Not many photographers can say that. Yeah. That's really cool. And Callahan, just so you know who he is, is considered one of the ten great photographers of the 20th century. Wow. Really? So it was... This was your professor. A real honor to study with him. There's a collection of um, uh, family portraits in the George Eastman Museum, and there are 10 images, and they're from shoots that you did in 2004, 5, 6. Now, is Eastman like Eastman Kodak? Yeah, founded by George Eastman. And where is the museum? In Rochester. And it's the oldest museum of photography in the country. Wow. In the world, for for that matter. My gosh. It's a very important collection of photography. And they're particularly interested in this to show uh, in years later how families lived in the 21st century. So they asked us to have a little description about the the photos and what was happening uh, to accompany the images. Right. That's so neat. Hearing you guys talk, I mean, this is so obvious to you, but, you know, someone who's not in this world, and when you hear you guys, you think photography, right? Okay, you know, so we, you know, portrait, someone just, you know, taking a portrait of my family for like, you know, my Christmas card. It, it, you guys are just, it's so beyond that what you're doing is pure art. And I hear, yeah. I, it, it finally, I know this, I've known this before we interviewed you, we've done a lot of background on you guys, but sitting here and hearing you describe it, Judy, and talk about this and do our pre-show and, and hearing about these installations you guys have in museums. I mean, it's truly art, right? Yeah, now. talk about the, you know, the work you do about framing and installation, the services you provide to make sure that your work is represented in the way you want to see it right. presented. Right, right, right. And we, and we talked about that earlier, that we have a, a, a very strong aesthetic about how the work is presented. 
and um, 95% of our clients have us do the framing. We have a woman that's been working with us for over 20 years who she's our archivist and she also does all of our matting and framing. Um, we've also in the last five years started to work with some outside sources for mounting um, and floating in frames like a mm. shadow box frame. Love it. We don't do the like the the, the, the thing on the, the wall with nothing the floating, around it. Yeah. The, the floating, floating frame. Flexi. But it's within a, a beautiful frame. Mm-hmm. Floating within a frame. Oh, it's beautiful. Ben, tell your story about um <laughs> when you first started that you would you would give do the framing for free. Can you tell that story? Oh, I, it was very important. I I knew that people would often take the photographs home and not quite know what to do with them or not get around to it, and so they'd put them in a drawer or put them in a closet. So I thought, I can settle this by framing everything they buy. Right. And so for the first couple of years, framing was free. <laughs> you lost your ass, but but your, the, your, the, the integrity of your work was, was yeah. kept. Yeah, and the... And the and the application, the, the installation, the, the the final outcome, and and that's in the beginning. That's why the frames were all metal, so they were the least expensive kind of frame that could still look good. Got it. Yeah. But now they're seamless corner but, wood frames. But with, now they're seamless corner wood frames. Fun factor because we want them to. We want clients to feel they're worthy of being in the living room or worthy of being in their private places. Or, choice places. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's we, nobody throwing these in a drawer anymore. I mean, this is a right, significant right, investment. Right. For and what family. we do at the end of the shoot, we, we photograph the walls of the home. We have panels that are the size of the frame photos. I hold them up. Ben photographs them. Oh, yeah. And we use this as reference to help the clients decide sizing and placement so that we can actually imposition the images in place on the walls of their home so they can get a really good idea of what the installation looks Smart. like. Smart. So I, have, if I have thousands of photographs of Trudy in different houses holding panels. That's <laughs> why our arms look do, so good. Yeah. <laughs> do, By the end of the season, no. I'm like a really built up. <laughs> and also holding a light disc on a shoot. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to do a show of Trudy holding up panels. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> so funny. Well, let's talk yeah. about the investment that the families make to, oh, to may have I, your... May I interrupt just for yes. to say that you mentioned... Um, People who want a Christmas card photo. Yeah, right, right. And like that. That's like when people hear photography first, they're probably like, "Oh yeah, maybe I'll hire these guys to do a Christmas card photo." So, right. So, so one day I got a call from a woman who wanted some photographs of her kids, and I said, "Well, first uh, I need to have a meeting with you." She said, uh, "Later." She recalled this conversation and said, "I didn't want to have a relationship. I just wanted a Christmas card photo." <laughs> Did she end up using you? Yes. Oh, that's hysterical. And and not only that, the one night stand. I think she's done three shoots with us, and she's become a good friend. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Yeah. she didn't know what she was getting into. She didn't understand the Larrabee project here. (laughs) Exactly. So I, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. So just. I'd love to have you explain, you know, so viewers understand that this is an investment in your family, right? This and is, yes, yes. And so yeah. what are we talking about when it comes to what it takes to have a Ben Larrabee photograph on your wall? So, yeah, so this is not typical family photography. This is not the, you know, pictures on the piano um, or the Christmas card. Although although clients, if they, if we do everything in time, then we can get a JPEG in time for a Christmas card. But the minimum ex- investment you can expect to spend is $8,000, and that gets you... 
a, a photo shoot uh, at your home for two hours for a family up to five and Ben's uh, image curating time. So so basically in a shoot, Ben will do anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 images depending wow. on. We, we also have a Larrabee light shoot, which is half that, but our regular signature shoot is two hours. And then Ben goes through a process of curating it down to about 5% of what he shot, and that's oh. what we show the client. And that's a review meeting that takes place at our studio home in Darien. But the process of, of curating, and this is really the genius for, of Ben. I mean, that it's, it's seeing it and photographing it, but it's also knowing the images to select and sure. to show the client. And there's a lot of stuff you show clients that most photographers would not select. That show, right? Right. And what says why? Why? Stay in front of the mic. Like, like the boys. Like those boys tussling. That is a beautiful picture. Yeah. But why? Well, clients wouldn't want to see. Totally out of control. Yeah. And you might think the parents are never going to be interested. Not in a that. single boy is looking at the, at the camera. <laughs> no yeah, two of the boys the are partially. <laughs> yeah. Are you only shown. see one face, full face, actually in the picture. And, and but they're it, not all wearing white shirts and khakis. No, but it totally captures that <laughs> moment in time. Right. I mean, for that mom. She's like, yep, that's exactly it. I remember that was the summer of 21. And it's real. It's funny too. Without seeing the faces of the boys, I actually feel like I I'm seeing them and I feel them. Like you're, yeah. you're it's intimate. Even though I just realized that I'm actually not. I'm only seeing one yeah. of four faces here. Yeah. Also, Ben's Ben's signature is cutting off the top of a head. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> because to come in close and intimate, you lose things as you come in closer and closer. I'm not trying to be anatomically correct. I'm just trying to get the yeah. the, the emotion. Right. So if you the must energy. sacrifice a limb, you must. Yeah, and you yes. don't always need to see the whole, like, you know, sometimes people say, well, I don't know, you don't can't see the top of the head, but but that's okay. Like, you see the connection, you see the love, yeah. you see the yeah. expressions. That's your art. I mean, what are your what's your advice for, you know, aspiring photographers? It's a good question, Taylor. Photograph what you love. Photograph what you love. Yeah, and keep doing it. You can think about it, or you can talk about it, you can do courses about it, but it's doing it that counts. Just doing it. And to be true to your be true to your own vision. That's what Callahan told me. Don't worry so much about what other people are doing. Just find your own way. Just find your own way. You've definitely done that. It's good advice. Can I ask you guys one other silly question? It's more actually a tricky question. I've always wanted to know this for spouses of artists. <laughs> Does it ever, you know, artists are inspired through their lives by all different, you know, people coming in and out. Is it ever hard for you, Trudy, to see like, you know, Ben described this picture of his ex-wife on the mattress in the MoMA. Is it ever hard for you to see or like hear stories of past relationships and absorb them? And I think about this because we had Griffin House on, who was a singer and, you know, he's married, happily married, great family, beautiful children. And, you know, he had obviously relationships before he was famous and he wrote about those. And I'm always curious as how those, you know, past pre-relationship art displays affect the current relationship. Aww. Wow, that's really timely because we just came across this yesterday. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah a really. box of, of photos oh, from do, Ben. A previous okay. relationship. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, so can you tell? Will you confess on air? Trudy was so beautiful and uh, accepting and understanding. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, a previous life and, and many lives and... and um, 
you look really good in those photos. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the women with you, like, okay, great. But I, I'm, I know I'm your, I'm your muse. I'm your, You're my love, I'm babe. your love. We, we've been together for 32 years. <laughs> 32 so years. Not, so you guys yeah. clearly have an energy. I'm together. not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but it's cute. It's cute to actually see that you're kind of human in your action there that like there is a ping of like maybe self doubt for a second there. And like, even though, you guys probably have one of the most strong relationships I've ever seen in person. I can truly say that, right, Taylor? But I see from your truth in your eyes that like in that moment, there might have been like a little hesitation, like you, you might, a pa- breath pause when you saw Well, those. well, it just the, the timing of your question was so amazing yeah, that, yeah. you know, it was like <laughs> within level. the last 24 yeah. hours we had this. It was literally yesterday wow. going through Westy Storage. Wow. <laughs> our, so I think that was... Our archive at Westy Storage. Our archive, yeah. Wow. We have... We, Climate controlled archive. We've archived all of the photos that we've taken of clients. So any client that would like to... In fact, we just, we, in the last... Um, week we've um, been re- approached by a client who did a shoot in 1999 wanted to know if uh, he could wow you know make Still. a reprint we went to the archives that this was our, our trip yesterday and then we have everything on uh, in that case that that was 1999 that was before digital so it was film so we have the contacts we have the film and the negatives so we can make prints for him a lot of so work it's a lot of work it's a lot of a lot of westy storage space. a lot of westy storage <laughs> I don't mean to get dark here, but because you capture energy and because of everything that the country and the you know community's been through in the last few years, have you ever thought to capture sadness and what people have been through in the last two or three years? Whatever people present. Is it always just families that call you up, though, or do you go out and sometimes look for a subject? For pain and suffering? No, no, not specifically. I'm just thinking that... Taylor finds pain and suffering so quickly. There's just so much of it out there. I hate to say that, but there is, right? We're showing the love. We're showing the love. Okay, so you just... Okay, that's good to know. So you always look for the upbeat, happy... Well, well... To show people the best way we can, to to show the love the the best way we can, to make people look as good as possible, because we love the people we photograph. We love the people. It's it's a it's an act of love to photograph them. But what if to this point, like if you if you're photographing someone and you see like a sadness behind their eyes, like, you know, sometimes like, people have the best days and you catch them in those moments. We like, photograph that. You yeah. photograph it. Well, for instance, the faces of light. That's a good example. So yeah. You you saw that breast at the cancer Darren, survivors. Yeah. The, the this is a um, but a they're pro- survivors. And they're survivors, but there was there was definitely emotion and tears. Yeah. There, but that was tears of of well expressing. Um, I'm just thinking of one image in particular, expressing gratitude, sadness. Mm-hmm. But you're, I guess, you're asking something different. No, I'm we thought we were the perfect people to photograph faces of light because we're photographing spirit. Absolutely. Yeah, it, underneath all that pain and suffering. Yeah, and you captured it. But hope, like it was a, it was a gift of hope for the community that this, this was a, a an awareness campaign. That um, self detection uh, um, to to promote to promote promote um, self detection. So you right? did that as a gift. Yeah, that was all That's totally so nice. totally. Um, was it for Stanford Hospital or no? It was two women, um, Sharon Craddeville and Pam Zangrilla, that approached us. Mm-hmm. They had an idea from uh, the sports shop. 
yeah. sports shop. Yeah, exactly. Aww. That they wanted to um, have a campaign to create awareness that self detection um, saves lives. Saves lives, absolutely. And they had this idea of putting together uh, a poster that would be an image of a breast cancer survivor, the lessons learned, and the history of the the breast cancer. And that this would be a series of posters that would then travel around. And they approached us and asked us if we would participate, if we would like to, to donate our photography. And they first came to us with this idea of a name. Yes, Faces of Cancer. And Ben was... Faces, ben, of, faces of Cancer. And Ben said, no, 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 we want to change that. We want it to be Faces of Light. Light. And because of Ben's graphic design background and understanding of... Um, in design, we took on the whole project of um, designing the poster, and a whole series of posters was created. All together, about forty-four breast cancer survivors. That's awesome. So, yeah. um, I, one thing that I would like to 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 tell you guys about is um, about fundraisers and fundraiser auctions that we participate in. Yeah. I thought this might be interesting. This is the time of year where a lot of organizations are starting to look at their fundraising efforts. Mm -hmm. And as you know, auctions are a, a large source for, for organizations to raise funds. And what we do is we donate to, well, depending on where we are in our, if we're in COVID or not, but anywhere between 20 to 40 fundraiser auctions a year to help give back to the community. So giving back to the community and Faces of Light was a big part of that as well is a really important part for the practice. Um, it's a way That's for us wonderful. to stay connected. It's a way for us to use our talents and to make something meaningful for people. So, um, What local charities have you donated to? Well, um, we've done everything from the Darien Arts Center to... Mm -hmm. um, local schools, to Darien Library, to the Community Fund. That's great. A lot of, a lot of work to schools. Thank you guys for doing that. I don't think people yeah. understand, like, you no, know, I, that's I, a big deal. Like, it's so, thank you. Yeah. yeah. We, well, and, and so we have, we've designed a, a special, um, um, like, Larrabee Light package, if you call that. Uh, and it, the, the value is $4,500. It's a Larrabee Light one-hour session for a family of five and a print included. And so it goes for anywhere from 1500 to over 2000 So I just have to give one of my kids the boot and I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Can you squeeze in a family of six over here? Yeah, yeah. and we can add on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're add-ons. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's awesome. I mean, that's a, that's a steal to get that for well, that right, person right, in an auction. Right, but right. Well, it's, it's a win-win. We find that um, our, our bidders are... Our families that have thought about doing working with us before, but haven't gotten around to to giving us a call. Um, so we get a client, the organization gets a donation, and then the winning family gets sure know, an opportunity to work with us. So I think I'm going around town here, Ben, and I'm going to every every charity auction in the next month. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to I'm yeah. going to start bidding when I see Larrabee's. I'm bidding, yeah. bidding, bidding. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Follow us on Instagram because yeah. I definitely let people know when we've got oh, an auction coming yeah. up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Trudy's been very clever about that. Uh, there'd be an auction in one place, and we know someone who might be interested in far, far away. <laughs> And we say, hey, there's an auction. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because everything's online these days. Right, right. <laughs> you and don't speaking have to go. Of, what is your website? 
Uh, the website is um, benlarrabee.com. That's B-E-N, as in Nancy, L-A-R-R-A-B, as in boy, E-E.com. Okay. Is there anything else you want anyone to know before we wrap this up? Hmm. I don't have anything more to say. <laughs> For look at, oh, please visit our website and look at the beautiful images. I think you'll be really inspired. I mean, there's no question. Or go around town and just, you know, <laughs> they're so beautiful. They're so inspirational. But you guys are as a couple, too. And I'm so glad to have this experience in person to hear and to see you together and working together in the energy that you have. I mean, I get it that you photograph energy because you guys share that. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. I know That's you sold so me. I want to bring you guys in. So I got to save up for the next 10 years, but I'm going to bring you guys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and by the way, my biggest takeaway, Taylor, I will say for them is like thinking about the fact that black and white images, I've seen so many photo shoots done for, for me, other people, like images are like, they're, they seem to be great. And then when I see the black and white of them, I'm like, eh, now I like the color. And I now get why. If an image is great enough composition, it yeah. should hold in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. That's my takeaway. That's your test. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome to think about. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. Thank okay. you guys so much for being with us. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah. Thank Fun you, guys. Fun to talk with you. And see your stuff up around town.